You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. China's battle to maintain its dynamic zero COVID strategy with lockdowns, mass testing, and mandatory isolation in quarantine centers for people who tested positive has now affected more than 350 million people in 45 cities across the nation. In Tian'an, in the northern Hebei province, residents have been told to hand their house keys to authorities to make sure they don't leave their homes. Anyone who refuses to do so will have their doors sealed from the outside and fenced off with barbed wire. But as China's two biggest cities, Shanghai and Beijing, where world media attention is focused right now. Hello and welcome back to the Inside China podcast. My name is Holly Chick and I'm a reporter on the China desk for the South China Morning Post here in Hong Kong. Six weeks ago, we reported to you about Shanghai and its estimated 25 million residents moving into a half-and-half lockdown in order to allow mass testing and to stop the spread of Omicron. As Shanghai residents flocked to supermarkets to stock up on food and supplies for what was supposed to be a five-day lockdown, and a novelty rap song made inside Shanghai became a viral hit. He's saying grab the vegetables, prepare to get tested. Here we are, six weeks later, and the message coming from Shanghai residents is not exactly something you can sing along to, but it contains a much more direct message. In March of 2020, People in London and New York were encouraged to bang pots and pans to celebrate health workers. In May 2022, this is the sound of Shanghai's people locked down in their homes, continuing to protest the lack of food being supplied or the terrible quality of food when it finally does arrive outside their buildings. And this is one of the official responses to the pots and pans protest in Shanghai. Foreign forces are inciting Chinese residents to protest by banging their pots and organizing mobile concerts. This activity is a conspiracy instigated by foreign agents. Hope everyone can distinguish right from wrong. Do not give foreign forces a chance. Thank you for your cooperation. But authorities trying to stop Shanghai's people protesting are also facing a new level of dissent. Prominent Chinese economists are now openly questioning the impact of citywide lockdowns in the pursuit of zero COVID. This is a post on Twitter at the start of Shanghai's lockdown by one of China's very prominent economists. Shanghai, zero movement, zero GDP. Last week, all of his Chinese social media accounts on WeChat, on Weibo were suspended and deleted, and a company he worked for says he has suddenly resigned. In this episode, you're going to hear from two of my colleagues working in mainland China and reporting on the rising concerns of the economic impacts of Beijing's harsh zero-COVID policies. Let's start where we began over a month ago, in the Pusi district of Shanghai, and our video journalist Thomas Yao. 
How are you this morning? Uh, not too bad. Uh, actually, we got upgraded to uh, the so-called preventive zone. Uh, we can walk around in the complex, but not outside on the street yet. Thomas, you've been locked inside for weeks now. How does that upgrade feel for you? It's better than nothing. Um, we went out. Uh, we uh, we saw the uh, all the cars uh, are parked inside the complex, and they have and they are just covered by uh, bird droppings, uh, which is kind of gross. And then um, we saw a lot of wildflowers. Flowers. We picked some up and. Uh, brought them back home. So that was a nice little thing. Last week, we were talking about the Voices of April video that went viral. Then this week, it's about foreign agents banging their pots and pans. Can you tell us more about that? Um, I think it all started when people are comparing the supplies distributed by different districts of Shanghai. And apparently the Shuhui district got, like, I don't know, eight to ten shipments uh, since the lockdown began. They come in a, in a great variety. Other districts, like my district, only got like, three to four uh, packages from the government. And... Sometimes they just differ a little compared to uh, Shuhui district. And actually my district, which is Jing'an district, is not the worst. The worst is uh, some areas in Pudong, they were given pre-cooked uh, chicken and duck that really got people sick. I mean, like food poisoning. So that's the background. And all of a sudden, I think last weekend, there are posters uh, starting to appear on WeChat asking uh, residents to hold balcony concerts to demand for supplies. And that's uh, when my neighborhood joined in as well. And they were paying pots and pans for three nights. And uh, on the third night, I think it was a Sunday night, uh, just this Sunday. And the government uh, sent like, the most generous supply that we have since uh, the lockdown began, uh, which is uh, fresh meat, uh, a whole chicken, uh, some vegetables, orange, eggs. But then <laughs> the next day, people were saying that, oh, um, I-, I found this needle inside the pork. And then others saying that, oh, this chicken came from a manufacturer that violated food safety regulations. And then others say, well, this chicken doesn't have a manufacturing date on it. So it quickly turned into some sort of a crisis for the government. And uh, someone called the police and the market administration people came and they inspect the supplies. And then the government, the, the district government, issued an apology saying that, oh, they admit that the quality is not good. It's not what um, what the contract said. So they they say they're going to give us a fresh batch of supplies in this few days. So we will wait and see to see what we get this time. Thomas, did I hear you right? You said needles in the food. Yeah, I mean, one of my uh, neighbors in another building claimed that they uh, found a needle in the park. Uh, I think there's another residential block two blocks away from me that says uh, what they get is like uh, the meat like from the nipple area of a pig, so, <laughs> like pig nipple meat. I don't know. 
they send the pictures out, so that gives it a bit more credibility, I suppose. You've been doing a lot of work verifying videos going up on WeChat and Weibo, and of course. The video that is making global headlines is the video of a body bag on a stretcher. Tell us what happened. It, uh, the video you talked about is a man. Uh, I think is some a couple of staff from a funeral home. They were carrying, I think, uh, one or two two body bags. Uh, they're supposed to be residents from a nursing home nearby, the Changzheng Nursing Home, and they said, "Well." The funeral home staff refused to load them into their cars because, well, the body bag is moving, and you know, the body bag was moving. Yeah, it, uh, the the staff says uh, the body uh, is responsive. So it turns out that the man uh, is still alive, and obviously, so obviously, someone in the nursing home was not doing a proper job in confirming. Uh, the situations uh, of the residents. Uh, so that video have, of course, become viral. The big question is, oh, how do you verify the video? Well, sometimes the state media said, oh, well, that's true. And then there is a note that's circulating around uh, the WeChat saying that these two staff from the funeral home uh, each got a 5,000 yuan bonuses. Uh, because they did their job properly. Uh, otherwise, the residents will, will be cremated. So apart from this video, are you seeing more videos exposing these kind of moments uh, happening around Shanghai? And is there a sense of that censorship is really cracking down on what is being posted on social media? It's strange. Like you'll never understand like the, the criteria uh, for censorship. I think there's one video that shows uh, an old man. Uh, I, I can't remember which area she, he is from. He went to the supermarket and he came out with a piece of pork. And he claimed that this pork is like supplies donated by other provinces to Shanghai. And then he got arrested by police. And then everyone around him is really angry. They surrounded the police and all that. And that video has, was censored. But... Other videos has been have been making rounds on Douyin on WeChat. I'm pretty surprised that the funeral home video is not censored. So it's really hard to to see like where their red line is these days. Is there any suggestion when the Pusi district will come out of lockdown? Well, technically, uh, what I I think uh, the they the the, the government uh, actually. They used to classify the preventive zone, which you can understand as some, some sort of a green zone, which you don't have a positive case in two weeks. And they used to classify the entire uh, residential block as one unit. But right now, um, they started to narrow it down to individual buildings. And my guess is, Judging from the daily press conference of the Shanghai city government, uh, they have been mentioning, oh, uh, how many people are now in the preventive zone? Uh, they can now resume work and stuff. Uh, but in reality, is the, the neighborhood committee and the street administration uh, control uh, who can go in and who can go out. And many of them said, oh, you can't go out at all. I think it's more like some sort of a PR stunt. Technically, 
uh, I think a lot of people, I think millions of people in Pussy are, are, are free now, but in reality is not. But Thomas, just finally, how's your bartering with neighbors going and what's on the menu for lunch? Uh, not much. Uh, I think bartering has become less and less common, at least for me, because supplies has been relatively easy to came in as a lockdown. All the logistics workers has been easing uh, during the last two weeks. And as for my lunch, uh, I think uh, there are some shellfish and uh, I'm going to eat them. Thomas, as always, please take care and we'll watch your work on YouTube and on Twitter. Take care, guys. Amanda Lee is in Beijing and CGG is in the far northeast of mainland China in the city of Shenyang. Both have been reporting on the economic indicators and data coming in as authorities struggle to maintain the dynamic zero COVID strategy. You will remember Amanda Lee from last week's episode reporting on the initial wave of anxiety and panic buying in Beijing as mass testing began in the Chaoyang district. Hello, Amanda. How are things in your district now? Uh, hi, Holly. Um, I think since we last spoke, things have gotten worse. So today we were told that public transportation has been suspended, so no subway, and some of the buses are not running as well. So they've since tightened up uh, the restrictions. Basically, we are kind of in semi-lockdown. Um, I'm not able to go anywhere unless, you know, I, I, I could probably drive uh, or, or maybe cycle or walk. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, there are some limitations at the moment. How are you doing? Have you been tested today? And is the fridge fully stocked? Yes, my fridge is uh, it's fully stocked still. Um, so I'm going to add some more today. I went out uh, for, for a test yesterday. There's one today and there's going to be one tomorrow. But um, I'm not going to go today again because, you know, I, I've got um, a sort of 48 hour uh, test from yesterday too. So uh, I'm going to go again tomorrow just in case. But today I'm, I'm not going. There's going to be tests every day, I think, till tomorrow. Uh, I think after that... Um, a lot of the tests will be made free. So even if there isn't one in your community, if you go out to, to get tested in a hospital or uh, one of these standing boxes that they have uh, to test people, um, they're going to be free because you're going to have to do it all the time. And if you were listening to this podcast back in October, you would have heard Xi Qiji reporting on her hometown of Shenyang in the Liaoning province in the far northeast corner of mainland China. She was talking about the mass power shortages. Hello, Xi Qi. Hello, Holly. Suchi, you have quite the experience of quarantine in mainland China. You left Hong Kong, tried to return home to visit Shenyang many weeks ago, and your online diary on scmp.com detailed your 21 days in hotel quarantine in Shanghai, and then followed by seven more days in hotel quarantine in Shenyang. What's the mood like in Shenyang this week? Uh, thank you, Holly. I think right now in Shenyang, the life is returning to normal because we had an, an outbreak in March when I first came back. And then the city entered a wide lockdown. 
like everyone has to stay at home at that time. And then the luckiest thing for me was I was also ordered to stay at home because I returned from Hong Kong at that time. So everyone in Shenyang had to accompany me staying at home because there is a run of COVID outside. So, but right now, if you want to go outside, if you want to buy groceries, if you want to do your haircut, or if you want to go to any public indoor areas, you need to get tested. You need to have a test result within 48 hours. People call this is in Chinese, but in English is normalization of testing. So if you want to go to anywhere in Xianyang right now, you need to get tested. Yeah, so it's part of your routine now. Do people in Xiangyang talk and hear much about what's happening in Shanghai and Beijing? Not really, because people uh, care more about uh, themselves and also the neighboring cities. Because right now in Liaoning, uh, although Shenyang is safe right now, two other cities, uh, Yingkou and Dandong, they are experiencing an outbreak right now. So there are dozens of cases reported every day this week. So people are quite worried about the spread of the virus from those cities to Shenyang. So let's get an update from Beijing as well. Amanda, last week you told us about the rush to stock refrigerators and the advice you were receiving from your friends in Shanghai over what to expect. What's the mood like in your neighborhood and your WeChat groups? Well, I think currently people are so uh, really wary of um, a citywide lockdown in Beijing. I think since we last spoke, they've put on more restrictions. So what they call the kind of control areas where there are some limitations of basically mobility. So there's a lot of social distancing rules there. Where I am, we are still okay, but increasingly there are more uh, blocks uh, nearby where we are have now been designated as control areas so you know we can't go near there and those people in those areas can't get out they have been expanded since we last spoke so and yesterday Guomao which is the the main uh, part of the CBD area, the central business district, that has gone into lockdown. So it's a huge area where a lot of hotels are Shangri-Las there. Uh, lots of um, uh, businesses are there. Well, actually, SCMP office is there. So, you know, that area has been has now been in lockdown. So I think the mood is that, you know, it's um, how are we going to get to work? OK, you know, we have to we have to work from home, you know, when the holiday ends, because uh, today is the last day of the Labor Day holiday for many mainland Chinese. So tomorrow they'll have to go to work. But I think most of them will be working from home. Zixi, last week we saw some extraordinary intervention over comments posted to social media talking about the economic cost of the dynamic zero COVID strategy in China. Can you tell us about Hong Hao and what he posted online? Sure. Hong Hao, he is the head of research of Hong Hao is the head of research at Bank of Communication International, which is part of the state-owned bank. And he was quite outspoken. He usually talked to international medias about uh, the Chinese economy. And a lot of 
reporters usually go to him whenever there's uh, economic policies came out from China. His social media accounts on Weibo and WeChat were erased last Saturday. Shichi, do we know why they were erased? To be honest, we still don't know. But there are rumors online circulating in China online. People say he was canceled because of his post on Twitter, which criticized the zero COVID policy in China. On March 31st, he posted a, t- a tweet saying, Shanghai, zero movement, zero GDP. And some other people also said that he was canceled because, because of his bearish view on Chinese stock market in his previous reports. So we caught him several times and I also sent messages to him, but he didn't reply. So we still don't know the exact reasons why he was canceled. However, because there are lots of recent cases of people criticizing uh, the zero COVID policy and then being canceled online. For example, the son of Chinese property tycoon Wang Jianlin, his name is Wang Sichong, and he was canceled on Weibo uh, right after he criticized the state-sanctioned Chinese medicine for curing COVID, which is called Lianhua Qingwen, as well as his questioning of the mass testing of Shanghai. And also there are another professor uh, at Xiamen University. His name is Dai Yiyi. He kind of mocked uh, the zero COVID policy on another platform called Toutiao, which is run by ByteDance. And then after that post, he was also silenced, though temporarily. But so right now, people uh, in China, especially those prominent economists or professors, zero COVID policy is increasingly becoming a red line for them to criticize. Amanda, what are your sources telling you about the mounting pressures of balancing economic growth and pandemic control? And what has Beijing done in the last week to adjust its policies? On Friday, the Politburo actually announced that they would, you know, they would step up to shore up the economy. But, you know, they made these statements. We don't, ha- we haven't really seen any immediate action yet. Uh, but it does sound like the, the policymakers are really concerned with the growing pressure on China's economy. My sources, um, foreign businesses, for example, they have been, they have been talking about it since um, the Shanghai outbreak and how it was handled. I mean, they, they've uh, released some surveys saying that um, a lot of of expats would have to leave because of the restrictions. Uh, so it's looking very bearish. I mean, a lot of the uh, business people that I spoke to don't think China's going to ease anytime soon. I mean, they will just double down the restrictions. But whether or not they will also double down the stimulus, I think that's something that we are waiting to see. 
because you know they could they could definitely try to scale up a lot of that infrastructure spending which would uh which would help to support the economy because infrastructure spending means a lot of construction that would in effect get a lot of the industries like steel making uh cement um they would get a lot of work for the migrant workers as well in construction so that would that would help the economy a bit both on production and employment. Uh, but the problem is, I think a lot of local governments are really concerned with the outbreaks that, you know, getting a lot of people into construction sites means a lot of risks as well. So what happens if there's an outbreak there? And so I think for now, the priority for many local governments and for a lot of local authorities is to get the outbreak under control. So, and for the time being, we haven't seen much changes yet. I think the numbers look looks like they are easing a bit, but the atmosphere here is that, you know, we have to keep this going down, at least down to single digits. Uh, so we, we're still some time before that. Sichi, let's recap on this phrase that you brought up about a new normal in China, normalized or routinized testing. How widespread is that? So right now in Xianyang, as I said, if you want to go outside, if you want to go to shopping mall or supermarket or you want to have your hair cut, you need to get tested within 48 hours before you go to the public space. So for me, because I stay at home and work from home every day and calling my sources, I don't need to go out. I don't need to buy groceries because my mother does it every day. So I don't need to get tested, to be honest. And I don't eat out. So I'll just stay at home and never get tested if I don't need to go out. For others who need to go to work every day and for like the moms, if they need to buy groceries, they need to get tested every two days. So that that is how this normalization of testing work in Xianyang right now. And a lot of cities in China, for example, Wuhan, they're also adopting this process. And a lot of people say that this might be more normalized in the future in more cities in China. Well, Sushi, in Hong Kong, um, if we want to do a self-test, we do the at-home rat test. In China, you guys are doing the PCR test, you know, going to a sample collection point for that, right? Yes, exactly. Um, right now in China, if you, for every cities who adopt this normalized testing, uh, they establish a lot of sample collecting points in every corner of the city. So if you just walk on the streets in Shenyang, maybe one or two kilometers, you will see a lot of people queuing up in front of a sample collection points to get tested. And it is PCR test rather than um, rapid antigen test that we use in, in Hong Kong. And Amanda, Beijing is also returning to work after the five-day Labor Day holiday. Any forecast of how the rest of your week would play out? Well, um, I think I've heard from my neighbors that um, they are going to work from home instead because their office are now closed. And some of them that went to work, I think uh, they had to work actually during the holiday, now had to be tested again because they were in those high risk uh, control areas that I talked about. So it's going it's to be a bit nervous, I think, for everyone. Uh, 
but hopefully when when they when we can all work from home it's not going to feel as as bad but i'm i'm sure that all of us feel like we we want to return to normal and that um you know we can we can go out freely and not uh, not be nervous that oh i've just walked past um a sort of controlled area and then that would affect uh my my health app because uh, you you might need to go go to a community authority to make sure that you know you have um the certificate and you have to sign off a form as well too so uh now it's it's the, our mobility is very much restricted and i think that's going to be the key in the coming days Amanda Lee in Beijing and CCG in Shenyang will be reading your reports on scmp.com over the next few days. Thank you and take care. Thank you. Thanks, Molly. That's all for this week's Inside China episode. As always, remember you get the latest updates, breaking news, and analysis on the South China Morning Post website scmp.com. Thomas Yao continues to add to his epic Twitter thread, documenting daily life in Shanghai. Look up Thomas Yao, Y A U, on Twitter. Meanwhile, here in Hong Kong, we're seeing the reopening of beaches, cinemas, beauty salons, and bars. A reminder to stay safe, keep your distance, but keep in touch. I'm Holly Chick. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.